The capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Toughness. The ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape. Resilience. This is the Black Resilience Podcast, where we have real talk about real issues in order to get to real solutions. Get ready for raw and bold conversations about everything that impacts the lives of black people in America. Black people in America. America. Everybody no more sleeping in bed. No more back thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the Black Resilience Podcast. I am so excited to have our guest on today, Mr. Gerald Griggs. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Gerald Griggs is uh, a civil rights attorney here in Atlanta, Georgia, and he's also um, the second vice president of the Atlanta chapter of the NAACP and is chair of the Criminal Justice Committee for the Georgia NAACP. But Gerald is definitely no stranger to the civil rights space, social justice space. Mm -hmm. He's been involved in a lot of high-profile cases, and he has been really on the ground at the grassroots level and um, supporting, you know, voting rights and, and making sure, you know, black folk particularly get out and exercise their right to vote. So I am just so happy because he is the person that we need to be speaking with as it relates to the power of the black vote in America. So I am so happy to have you. Welcome to Black Resilience welcome, Podcast, welcome. Gerald. Welcome, Gerald. Well, I'm just honored to be with you guys. And, uh, you know, I don't know who you were talking about in that bio, but I'm just a servant <laughs> and hopefully, you know, doing good for the community, but particularly the black community. Yeah. Everything yeah. is, we appreciate, we appreciate yeah. all your work. You're, you're a soldier for justice. I appreciate that. Okay. So, Gerald, um, before we get started, we always, we've been asking a general question. And the question we first question we always ask is, when you hear the term the power of the black vote, what does that mean to you? I think of the legacy of struggle for black people in this country for 401 years uh, to get economic power, to get uh, social justice, to get civil rights. And the power is rooted in the ability to vote. So mm -hmm. I think of um, the change that we've seen over the last 401 years, but the change we have to continue to be a part of. Uh, so it's more it's more important than it's ever been today, and they're trying to roll back rights. Okay, wow. so you know we, we we could we could we could spend a lot of time looking backwards in terms mm -hmm. of some of the things that you've done, but right now we're kind of like at a crossroads in this country, particularly as it comes to mm -hmm. black engagement and, and apathy and stuff. So what are the things that you are doing, or you suggest that we should be doing now that that will go beyond this election because this election is just an event. Because, as you said, the power of the black vote has been a 400-year journey. Yeah, I think that people need to understand that we're still on a continuum of that journey. Right. And though we have right. not uh, gotten to the promised land, as Dr. King said, he saw when he went to the mountaintop, he looked over. The only way we're going to get there is together and to understand uh, that we are the champions and the soldiers and, and, and the warriors that we've been waiting on. Um, so I just think that black people need to focus for once. They need to focus on the goal. If the goal is economic empowerment, if the goal is educational empowerment, if the goal is the liberation of our people, we can take it. 
after this election by holding every single person that we elect accountable starting day one of the new administration, regardless of who it is on the local level, the state level, and the federal level. That's where the, the, the piece has been missing, and we haven't been holding people accountable to the promises they've made to this community. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right about that. So what do you feel is the three reasons why Blacks need to show up in Grove um, to vote in this upcoming federal election? I think it's important because I think it's important because one of the campaign statements is is keep America great, and, and for African Americans, America's never been great. We're in the process of making it great, uh, but the, the policies and, and the the, uh, the laws that can be adjusted and, and compromised in this election are too great. I mean, you have civil rights on the ballot, you have social justice on the ballot, you have police reform on the ballot, you have criminal justice reform on the ballot, you have economic. Uh, expansion on the ballot. You have educational reform on the ballot. So it's no time to take a day off like it was taken in 2016. I mean, we're talking about potentially the United States Supreme Court swinging into a more conservative uh, bent. And we all know what happens when it swings conservative. You start seeing um, the removal of civil rights, which we fought so hard uh, for for the last 401 years. So if you ever believe that it was time to do something monumental is today, uh, is tomorrow, all the way up until November the 3rd, uh, where we elect uh, an administration that reflects our values, and our values have always been progressive and moving forward with the expansion of rights, not the deprivation of them. Right. 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 And, you know, also, there's certainly a lot of attention on the federal election uh, however, in many states, they're also having some state elections that are taking place as well. And, and so we don't want people to think just because they go and vote for the president, vice president, they, that they're done. They need to continue to vote down the ballot. Right. Um, exactly. I mean, we have to make sure, especially in Georgia, we have the opportunity to elect two new senators. We have the opportunity to elect uh, new congressional representatives for all of the districts. And then, of course, you have state and local uh, representatives that are on the ballot, state senators on the ballot, state representatives, state uh, house representatives on the ballot. Uh, there are judges on the ballot, DAs on the ballot, uh, commissioners on the ballot. So, I mean, it's all the way down. We have to make sure that we elect people that follow our values and that will hold up the promises they made on the campaign trail. Gerald, let me ask you a question. Uh, you know, uh, I think when Obama was running for president his first term, there were a lot of high-profile black celebrities that were used to kind of really, you know, build the momentum around black people getting out to vote uh, for that particular election. What is it with this election um, that we're not doing to kind of continue that momentum, you know, by really using a lot of high-profile celebrities, particularly African-American celebrities, to really help uh, build the momentum and get, you know, people engaged, not just young people, but people that are particularly not people that are really interested in voting. What is it that we need to do to kind of build that momentum? That Yeah, well, I think that we have not touched on the seminal issues in the African-American community that would engage people. You know, people Mm -hmm. voted not only because, you know, athletes and entertainers told them to vote for Obama, but 
he had a platform upon which black people could get behind that was hope and change. Well, now right. black people don't want any more hope and change. They right. want tangibles. That's and right. so if you're not talking tangible uh, results to the African-American community, they're going to tune you out. So regardless of if you got uh, athletes and celebrities speaking, black people are looking for real change in their everyday lives. So with okay. all due respect, I don't vote based on what an athlete or entertainer tells me to vote. That's I right. vote on based on the platform. And I think that both candidates have whiffed on a platform that speaks directly to black people. You know, a lot of black people are tired of being lumped in with minority or person of color. You know, we are talking about tangible results for the African-American community. And if nobody's going to speak to that, you're going to get apathy. Right. I love it. I I love it. Right. And I I see that right now. I mean, uh, I hear that a lot with a particular lot of young African-American men. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I hear that, and somehow um, uh, the current the current incumbent of the White House has been able to develop a message that, for some strange reason, is attractive to them, even though there's not a lot of substance to it. Right. Um, but I do agree with you, Gerald, right there, because we don't have a platform. When I grew up in, the, in Atlanta, and Deborah can remember this, we used to have the black ticket. It was a black. It was a black mm-hmm. platform. You knew exactly yeah. what you were voting for. They will pass it out, hand flyers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything like that now. No, absolutely Nothing. I not. mean, the, the closest I remember seeing something close, uh, Brother Tavis Smiley had something out several years ago called, it was like a black manifesto. And um, mm-hmm. he, he got a lot of, got a, he got a lot of flack about it. But the fact is the brother was brave enough to put something mm-hmm. down on a sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it really galvanized a lot of black folks. But uh, to your point, I do not see, any type of agenda that speaks directly to me. I'm tired right. of being called person of color. Right. In particular, right. when my race is the one taking all the beatings. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And also, yeah, I definitely agree with you. And also, and I like what you said when you said, Gerald, you don't look for a, a celebrity or entertainer to tell you how to vote. And I think that is something that as black people, we all need to realize because particularly our young generation, our younger generation, because we need to understand that we should not rely on somebody famous to dictate to us how we should vote. You're not going to take ice cubes advice. No, absolutely not. (laughs) But I mean, I wouldn't say in cubes defense, I've read the contract with black America and it covers 13 essential issues that have not been spoken to by either candidate. So, you know, I, I'm not going to take Cube's advice, but <laughs> what I am looking at is the substance of what he's talking about. And it took a lot of courage for him, like Kevin Smiley, to put it down on paper as a starting point. And right. I think African-Americans need to look at the starting point and say, hey, whoever gets elected, we're going to hold them to these issues and a few other issues, but primarily these issues. He's talking about criminal justice reform. He's talking about uh, the wealth inequality in this country. He's talking about the educational gap. He's talking about the banking system, all these things that nobody wants to talk about, which is the reason why black America is in the state that it's in. So it takes a lot of courage for him to say what he's saying in the, in the time frame he's saying it, but a lot of what he's saying is correct. Well, let me ask you this. Based on that, why isn't our Black Congressional Caucus doing this? 
That's a good question, and I think that's what's missing here. We have been too light on our elected officials. Mm -hmm. Regardless of your color or your party, you need to speak to and provide results for black people. So if you've been in Congress for 40 years and your district still looks like it looked 40 years ago, we got to start asking questions. Now, again, I'm not saying that I'm with some of the black conservatives because the Republican Party has some issues in and of itself. Namely, it's the party of the alt-right. So I'm not coming to a party where you've got white supremacists right now who are planning to kidnap and murder governors. Right. Okay, that's, that's just out of the question. But what I conversation with my elected officials say, well, if Donald Trump can provide for his base, why can't you provide for yours? That's right. That's right, because we are the base. Let's not get mm-hmm. that twisted. That's right. I mean, what, what, what Doug Jones in Alabama? Mm-hmm. Black women, <laughs> black yeah. women turned that around. That's right. Period. They did. I mean, no, no questions asked to it, and you know, and that's a whole other thing right there. The the sexism as it relates to the black woman, because mm-hmm. yes. I mean, because Deborah and I have had offline conversations. You know, Dr. King was very fortunate, but he had black women like Joanne Robinson, who took the fight to the people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. people like Fannie mm-hmm. Lou Hamer, who was only Fannie five Lou foot Hamer. four. Right. Don't forget Amelia Boynton. That's yeah. right. As yeah. well. That's right. You know, yeah. and, and Diane Nash. Right. Diane and a lot Nash, of other yeah. sisters that were organizers on the front lines of the civil rights movement. That's uh, right. And are continue to be on the front lines of the social justice movement. So you're right. You're absolutely right. So we spent um, more than a year now emphasizing voter registration, et cetera. And we've made some games with expanding uh, early voting. What do we need to do the next two and a half weeks to get people to actually go to the polls or mail in their ballot? we got to engage them where they are. We have to tell them what's at stake here. Yeah. We have to be realistic. If they get another Supreme Court justice, yeah. kiss the gains that have been made over the last 40 years, goodbye. So everything that my mentors marched and died for are on the ballot. I mean, voting in and of itself is on the ballot. We've seen what they've done in Shelby versus Holder uh, by gutting Mm -hmm. the Voting Rights Act. That's Mm -hmm. just the beginning, and that was not with a conservative court. So what happens if you have a conservative court? You know, for my sisters, um, their bodily autonomy is on the ballot. You know, and, and, and so we have to understand that being a conservative means to conserve certain rights that aren't beneficial to black people. And so I think that we have to explain it to them in simple terms that make them understand that this is the moment where we rise up and vote in a way that we demand that our voice is heard loud and clear. And then whoever gets in that White House, whoever gets in that uh, the U.S. Capitol, wherever's at the state house, needs to understand we're going to be there on day one of your administration all the way to the end, and we're going to remind you every single day whose votes put you there and who can take you out. Wow. Preach, and brother. that's pretty clear. Yeah, that's, that's very, very clear. Yeah. There. Yeah. I, and I, that is, a, that, yeah, and to your point is keeping them accountable. We definitely get an F on that. We really do. That's what yeah. I was about to say, Deborah. We that's where I think black people have fallen short. Uh, you know, we 
we vote, um, but we don't hold those elected officials accountable. We don't write in. We don't call them on when they, you know, step out of line. We just don't do that. And I think other people of other races, I think that they do that. And I want us to understand that that's also where the power is, holding them accountable. Right. And It's voting, but it's also holding them accountable. And that's part of the power we don't exercise. You're absolutely right. I mean, holding them accountable can be something very simple. That's going to the PTA meetings. Right. As simple as that. Right. Holding your school accountable. I went to I went to a predominantly black high school here. Had over two thousand students. My mom went to the first PTA meeting. Only thirty five parents were there. Oh wow! Then I go to a white high school, which is about we were about forty percent African American, eighty five percent PTA membership by the by, by all the families in the school. Hmm. And so what we would do is we would ship our worst teachers to the black schools. Oh, that's how much power the PTA had. Mm. Okay, and 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 the yeah, thing. Is, and the thing is, we, you know, we need to start even with our own black officials. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up in Southwest Atlanta. I don't live in Southwest Atlanta, but damn, it still looked the same it was when I was, I here, do. When it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love Southwest Atlanta. Okay. And, and, we, and we got to hold people accountable. I went to a meeting the other day. I was holding my congressman accountable. Mm-hmm. They tried to usher me out the room. Because I just asked a simple question, why? The question, why? Mm-hmm. Explain it to me. Mm-hmm. And we need to do more of that. Right. Right. Hey, right. And it shouldn't just be one or two of us doing it. To your point, we need to have a critical mass around it. You know, so young people got really, have, were really engaged in the Black Lives Matter, et cetera, this summer. Um, Gerald, have you seen any, how any of that has translated into their interest in voting in this election? Definitely. I- I think they're supremely engaged. Matter of fact, we're out here planning uh, for a rally and a march to the polls for Saturday. We're at the Russell Center for Innovation, and many of the young people are already planning uh, with the People's Uprising. And so I think they're supremely engaged in voting, but they are single-issue voters. And the single issue is police accountability. And to go back uh, to your point a few minutes ago about Southwest Atlanta and, and having individuals engaged, I think it's time for us to throw out the old adage that you do not question black leadership. That's the problem. Mm-hmm, when you get yeah. a black elected official, people get mad when you start questioning black leadership. But if black leadership is not leading you where you want to be, that's right. you have the absolute right as a voter to question black leadership. I'll give you an example. There are 18 police-involved shootings in this town right now that are yeah. going unaddressed. And yeah. that's why the people are in the streets, whether it's Rayshard Brooks, Jimmy Atchison, Oscar Kane, Beltavius Griggs, and now Vincent Truitt, and so many others. And so when we have a leadership base that's African-American that's not addressing this, it's time for us to have this conversation with them. And so I think that's what's going to engage the young people when they see elected officials really listening to them. Mm-hmm really focused on what the issues really are, mm-hmm. then you'll see uh, engagement at a rate that you really want to see. So we got we to gotta throw out the old adages that we don't question black leadership, you know, just get in line and vote, and then, you know, we go home and mm-hmm. wait another two or four years. No, no. We're going to show up to all your meetings. That's right. We're going to show up at your business hours. That's We're right. going to show up at your civic events. 
and we're going to hold you accountable. And it's going to feel uncomfortable at first until you get to the point that you understand that your voting base is sick and tired of, uh, of failed answers, failed policies, and not speaking directly to them. That, I mean, listen, police accountability can be solved very easily. Right. We don't have to pass mm-hmm. any more laws. We just got to yeah. make sure that the police chief sends the edict down to law enforcement that you police the same way in the black community that you police yeah, in the right. white community. That's you're right. You're not kicking people in the back. You're not kicking down doors and murdering an EMT in her sleep and right. then making excuses for it. Right. That's real simple. And then the young people will see, oh, our mayor, oh, our police chief, oh, our um, uh, people in um, city, city government and state government are listening to us. So we're going to make some things happen. That's right. That's right. Wow. Yeah. And, it, and it also starts, Carol, with, you know, next year, the city um, elections are going to be about city leadership. Mm-hmm. We really need to begin to recruit some people that we know that get the agenda, who supported our agenda, and get them keyed up to run for office. But there's exactly. members throughout the city government uh, that really need to be replaced who are not addressing the issues of the black community. I definitely agree. And I think it started, what what happened was it started in 2016 with Mike Brown. And -hmm. you've seen a generation that are organizing, and now they're they're becoming more uh, politically engaged and and uh, politically educated on how this really works. So you see individuals running for mayor. You see individuals running for city council. You see people running for state government. They're starting the, the political a maturation, and I think we're going to see it in this election, as well as the mayoral and city election uh, coming up. That you're going to see a a new contingent of of uh, individuals that are astutely interested in politics and will not deal with the talking points, but will deal with actual uh, policy change. Wow! Wow! Well, I'm looking forward to that because it's time for a change. Right. Well, we're out of time, uh, Gerald. It has been. Absolutely awesome having you on today to speak to this topic because, um, I mean, a lot of what you said, um, I think our listeners need to hear, um, very insightful. And I think I'm going to have you back on at a later date, so I hope you will come back on the show. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. And I appreciate you guys, you know, making room for me. If people want to stay engaged, please go and follow the Atlanta NAACP as well as the People's Uprising. Or they can follow me personally at all social platforms at Attorney Griggs. And what I will say to them is November the 3rd is going to be historic one way or the other. But November the 4th is when we start making history. We hold whoever's elected accountable and we make sure we move our agenda forward uh, for black people. Uh, and, and we make sure that their voices are continually heard because we are on the front lines and have been on the front lines for 401 years. And we will not allow any other groups to jump in front of us in That's the right. line anymore. That's yes, right. right. So everybody else is right. But we first our rights first. I love it. That's I love right. it, Gerald. And That's you right. are so right. And again, I want my listeners to know that you can be found on social media at Attorney Griggs. You have a website. Uh, so just follow him. I'm going to also post your link on our website, Gerald, so they can also have access to it from our page. Well, I appreciate you guys. Oh, Gerald, this has been great, man. We Thank you so really much. Appreciate again. all your all your yeah. work. 
All right. Thank you, guys. We'll be talking to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Black Resilience Podcast. Real talk. Real issues. Real solutions. Wow, Edu. That was phenomenal. Yes. He brought it. He, hey, that Gerald Griggs is uh, attorney Griggs. But like we said, though, we wanted to have real talk. Yeah, real talk, real issues, real solutions. And he gave it to all of us. Right. He, he gave it remember all we, of that we said, to us. When we started this, we said one of our guiding principles was raw, unapologetic conversations. That's right. Wow. Because, you know, he's also oh. known as the justice fighter. Wow. And he definitely... <laughs> I mean, you know, when I, when I think about some of the things that, that, that popped up in my mind. He earned that title today, I'll tell you. Yeah, he is the justice you know, fighter. The, the whole thing about accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's where we dropped the ball. It's like a cliff. Yeah, you're right. We we I mean, we get them in. We have, we have the party to celebrate the, the election. But then we do not hold them accountable at For all. Anything. Or we make excuses. Or we make excuses. That's what we do. Yeah. We make excuses because we like the person. We like the person and because we don't want to question black leadership. Right. But those days are gone. That's pretty much what he's saying. Those days are gone. Mm -hmm. We got to hold them accountable. And I love Mm -hmm. it. I love it when he said, and it's about the African-American agenda. Because our agenda doesn't look like every person of color's agenda. And that's what people need to understand. I'm with it, you know, people of color. But let's talk about the African American agenda, because our agenda is not like everybody else's. Right, right, right. And that was part of the reason why that people of color came up to be the phrase to keep the attention off of our agenda. Right, and we bought into that. So that that needs to be a whole other program. Randy needs to get on to have has time to retire as people of color. Oh yeah, that's definitely going to be a topic, Deborah. I'm with you on that because right. that is a clear distinction, and we need to let people know it is it's completely different. Right, right. Now, now I I do slightly uh, differ with him about Ice Cube. I think Ice Cube did agenda the contract with America is correct, but my my issue is the timing of it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we got an election right coming. An election. We got an election coming. This is the type of stuff you have. You you submit during the primary process, mm-hmm. so it can get on the platform. You know, we don't wait this late in the game. Right. And the way it's come across is confusing a lot of people out there. That's because it was strategically done to come out now. Right. I right. think it was designed like that, honestly. Right. But, I, you know, we do need, we need to have a contract, you know. But I like your question about, hey, isn't this what the uh, Black Caucus need to be doing? Yeah. And, yeah, technically, absolutely. Right. The Conference of Black Mayors. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's another one. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and I, I hate to say all the organizations out there, all the organizations out there that have been designated as organizations to fight on my behalf should be fight. I mean, one of the beautiful things, Deborah, and you can speak to this better than I can, is that even though we've had all these organizations, the NAACP, SNCC, CORE, all of them, they all work together to, to get, exactly. the, to get the, the contract with America together. We don't have that now. No, we don't. We don't. And we got the old versus the the young. And it's just like, no, we all need to get on one accord. And we need need to have a master plan that speaks about the agenda for black America and hold every every political, uh, you know, representative accountable. Right. Right. Deborah, you have any 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 thoughts? 
No, I think you're absolutely right. And the March on Washington is a great example of that. The heads of those black groups came together. You know, the, the um, what was the organization, the um, Pullman Porters organization? Yeah, uh, A. Philip Randolph. Yes, he was there to talk about jobs. You know, Dr. King was there to talk about the um, whole civil rights and why, you know, America had given us the black people a, a bad check. That was really what that march was about. Mm-hmm. Um, John Lewis was there to represent SNCC. I mean, uh, the Urban League director was there. So everyone was there representing their focus, and that's how they put the agenda together. And so you're right. That's why we need to have these multi-sector groups come together, and each one has responsibility placing the agenda, their issue on the agenda, and holding those accountable for implementing it. And, and what's beautiful about <laughs> it, each of them had a separate agenda, but the, mm-hmm. they, they were single agendas, mm-hmm. single issue, mm-hmm. like single issue voters. Yeah, individual roles, basically. But they were all intertwined. Mm-hmm. I mean, the NAACP, yep. I mean, is, is very, in history circles, Thurgood Marshall did not like a lot of the activism. He felt it could, he felt it could be beaten through the courts. Mm-hmm. Okay? Exactly. But despite those differences, they still work together. Right. Because they exactly. needed they needed each other. Right. Right. You know, and like I said one time, Trump has did a masterful job of, of, of getting all these single issue people together. And their issues right. their issues don't even conflict with each other. Well, we got the same yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. You know, police police reform, mm-hmm. justice. Wealth disparity, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, voter rights. We have same. We have similar issues for us, mm-hmm. and they can work together, and we can have these individual groups focus on those things. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. exactly, because it all ends up being a strong black race. Right, and I think that is what we definitely want to make sure our listeners, among other things, get out of today's show. Mm-hmm. That we got to hold them accountable. Right. We got to get more engaged locally into what's going on in our respective communities. Starting November 4th. Yes, starting November 4th. Um, there you go. Because that's where the power is. Mm-hmm. And that's how we can further strengthen the power of the black vote. And remember, I say this all the time. Every vote counts and every election is important. Yep. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. All righty. Well, hey, I am still you know, just trying to digest everything because that was a powerful conversation we had with attorney Greg. So I just, I'm just happy that, you know, we had that conversation. We were able to share this rich dialogue with our listeners. Oh yeah. It was well needed conversation. And man, it was, I'm on cloud nine because yeah. we had both Deborah Richardson. Yeah, that's right. And, 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 and uh, Gerald, I, Gerald Griggs. <laughs> On the same call. The Justice Fighter. I mean, that's like saying Martin and Malcolm. AKA the Justice Fighter. Yeah. All righty. You have a good time. Appreciate you both. Well, thank you so Thank you so much, Deborah. I want to thank our listeners. Um, Again, this is a three part series on the power of the black vote in America. We're going to be talking about the history, the black vote at a crossroad, and of course, a call to action. So please tune in. And vote. And vote. You got to vote, y'all. Got to vote. vote. Vote is a verb. Yeah. It's not a noun. It's a verb. To, it's yes, a verb. it's an action word. <laughs> Let's vote. There you go. Right. There you go.
Absolutely. Okay. So remember to check us out on blackresiliencepod.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on our Instagram and our Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Black Resilience Pod. We're out there. We're, we, you, you'll see a lot of voter stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're going to see some black history stuff to, to, to illustrate black resilience. That's right. You know, black resilience means re- excellence, too. That's right. And remember, we are on Apple, Spotify, and Google and YouTube video, but audio only. And uh, well, just check Anchor us too. out. And Anchor. yeah, we're on Anchor. Yes. Gosh, I keep forgetting Anchor. How can I forget Anchor? Our Anchor is the Anchor. Our friends at Anchor, yeah. Our friends at Anchor. Anchor is our Anchor. And um, you can listen on all of those platforms. And please subscribe. And share. Subscribe and share. Yeah, absolutely. So take care, and we will t- catch you on the next show. Take care. You've been listening to the Black Resilience Podcast. Real talk, real issues, real solutions. Until next time, stay healthy, stay, healthy, stay, stay, strong, strong, stay strong, stay resilient. Stay resilient. 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 Suffer, every day, teach the children, teach the children.